What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, it's Thursday night, so you know what that means. It's college football on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am joined every single Thursday night by my good friend down there in Decula, Georgia, fellow University of North Georgia alumni, Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. I feel like uh, every every week you you say Decula, Georgia. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm putting them on the map right now. You know, yeah. trying to do my best for Decula. Well, I'm in Knoxville. Shout out to Stone Mountain. Shout out to Asheville from a couple weeks back for the birthday weekend. We like to support places that we like. And hey, you know, Decula, nice little nice little place to raise a family in <laughs> suburbia of Gwinnett County. Are you on the, is that on the border of Barrow? Is that the one that's close? We to are there? pretty close to Barrow County, actually. Like, we could probably be like downtown Winder in like 10, 15 minutes, honestly. So I've been to downtown Winder once in my life, Matt Green. When was it? Because that area low key is kind of on the way up. It's like, it's like a solid little downtown area. I feel like they're doing like, that everywhere. Like, city of yeah is doing a bunch of reconstruction like that's the new that's thing. what me and tori are banking are it's like every little place has gotten like a cool down maybe they'll do that to tequila and then our our house can be worth more i mean i think that's what they're gonna do i mean loganville's doing that big time too yeah like duluth lawrenceville city of lawrenceville i mean i love so as long as these listeners are aware of gwinnett county they'll know what the hell we're talking about right now well we have a strong georgia listenership and i that's think true. uh gwinnett county being the largest county in the state of georgia i would assume a lot of people are familiar with these areas but um yeah no i uh i was in winder when i was working at a lawn care company uh years ago selling uh you know you guessed it lawn care and uh, we went to lunch in downtown Winder as like a staff. They were like, we have this spot. And I'd never been to downtown Winder before. And let me tell you, Matt, incredible food. It was like this local bar- barbecue spot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, dude, I wish I could give him a plug right now. I told, It's got like a classic barbecue name, like a like a sticky sticky rays barbecue so, some kind of something you gotta shout them out because it's actually really good and i it is it's excellent but it uh what is this place called i'm gonna look at smoke no is it smoking po what is smoking po boys that's it I th- yes okay yes. yeah that place actually fire so there is your free plug smoking po boys um, yeah did you ever go to the barbecue place by uh in oakwood by you and g's campus that's like the best barbecue I've Cookout, ever had, honestly. The local establishment of Gainesville. No, it's a smokehouse. Like, I honestly, I only went there because they were oh, renovating shit. the Chick-fil-A. Yes. I, they were I renovating Chick-fil-A is the only reason I tried it. And I like literally every time I ate lunch there for the rest of the time I was in school, I like, I went to that barbecue place. That was, that was the jam. Was it good? Are you t- you're talking about the place by the Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. It was like right across the street from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. That, yeah. that place was phenomenal. 
Interesting. Yeah, I uh, I never went in there. I think whenever my mom and I were up there and whenever we would drive around, and, like they would look at it and there would always be like a line or the parking lot would be full and they're like, oh, we'll try it another time. That was like, a, that was always a, we'll try it another time place where mm. not worth waiting. We're not sure. So we're just going to keep, uh, keep looking, but good to know. There's just a lot of good local barbecue spots uh, in and around For sure. that area. Um, but I haven't really found, I know there's one called Dead Inn Barbecue in Knoxville that everyone loves. It's kind of new. Have not been able to try that. Uh, but there are a lot of good Italian spots up here. Have you, when you come up here at some point, Matt Green, Savelli. Oh yeah, it's Knoxville, known for its Italian. Yeah, it's. it's a, I was it's, not aware. It's a Knoxville delicacy, if you will. Such a cultured city. Yeah, it's a cultured city. People forget, Matt. People forget. Um, that will do it for our Gwinnett County talk to kick off this episode of the podcast, Matt Green. But uh, <laughs> the we're not we're not done with the barbecue talk though. That could come back up again. Uh, what uh, what is your favorite barbecue platter? Let's do that as we wrap up here. What is your go to at any barbecue spot? I I just I go with a pork sandwich, like pulled pork sandwich, and pulled or chopped. Either way, I feel like whatever restaurants do stuff, it's usually pulled, right? See, they do pulled, and I ask them to chop that, chop it up. Like it bothers. Oh me. yeah, pulled, it's too messy. Pulled's too messy. It slides mm. off. It's all it's all erratic. If I'm doing pulled, I'm just having no fun. <laughs> but if I'm getting a but, bun. I want it chopped a, up. A good barbecue place has got to have some good mac and cheese, though. Yes. I feel like that's always my side whenever I eat barbecue. How many sides do you go with? That's probably... Usually, most places, it's just like one side. I just get like a sandwich of mac and cheese. That's usually no, my go-to. You got to do two. What do, you, what do you go with? Uh, mac and cheese, one. Um, big mac and cheese guy. And then baked beans. I love me some baked beans. I'm a big beans and rice person. I like a good rice and bean combo. Okay. I can go. I, I, I'm very... I feel you. Yeah. Like a good burrito in rice and beans. There is also a place in Flowery Branch also mm-hmm. that had like the best mac and cheese ever. It was like this like had like jalapenos in it or something. It was like it was really good. Something kind of different. Mm-hmm. But the barbecue wasn't actually that good. And it was kind of expensive. It's like, uh, you know, I like your mac and cheese, but the barbecue, that's the main event. You know, I'm not, I can't come back if the if the actual barbecue isn't worth it. What's the concession stand like at Tequila Falcons games? What have you <laughs> I haven't been to one, man. That was on Friday afternoons. What have you noticed about the, the I I did go to a, a a high school a basketball game though this year. My dad actually is an assistant at a team that played uh Tequila. He's assistant at Lanier and huh. um it I was saw like your a Lanier coach by the way, Corey Mobs, friend of the program, took a Knoxville He's going to Knoxville. Job. Yeah, I did see that. So um so yeah, my brother and my dad. My brother's assistant at Buford. My dad's at Lanier. They like played each other. But um, the Decule Lanier game, it was a, uh, it was surprisingly hype environment. Honestly, I was like, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. COVID and stuff, but uh, it was it was a nice little atmosphere. How did how how was the family divided situation? Because you're a Decule super fan now and your dad coaching a rival high school. Were you were you <laughs> in the blue and gold or did you did you wear that burnt orange? I was, um, I'll be honest, I was repping the Longhorns that night. You know, I, my dad had like a, he basically had a program for me. I like sat right behind the bench. He's like, here you go. Here's the heights and heights and, uh, classes of every player on both teams. I'm like, appreciate it. I did not know your dad was an assistant basketball coach. He's actually, that's like the first time he's ever, the first year he's ever actually been on a staff. Like he's just kind of, 
he's just it's just always kind of been his hobby he just always loved high school basketball but um yeah it's actually a dude he coached like he coached aau when my brother was growing up but mm-hmm. uh he actually coached brandon mayweather lanier's head coach like mm-hmm. when he was like 10 12 years old so now he's uh gone full circle your dad just has like a full scouting report of Mike Mercer somewhere in his office. Oh, without a doubt, man. My dad could tell you everything about Gwinnett County basketball for the honestly any the whole state of Georgia basketball. He was uh especially D three once my brother started playing D three. He's that, that's his jam. Yeah, he was like Yao Jawu when he was at Parkview. That kid unguardable, unguardable. Colgate got a steal. Um, we used to go see like Tony Akins at like Burkmar games. Like yes, back in the day, like. Also, fun fact, you saw, oh, Eddie Martin just retired, Buford, long I did time. Not see that. Yeah, he just retired. And um, I didn't even know Eddie Martin had the Gwinnett County scoring record until Tony Akins broke it. So huh. Eddie Martin was a baller at Central Gwinnett, apparently. I just read that today. Fun fact for you. If anyone on the, <laughs> we're, we're alienating our listeners out, let's get to the college football talk. I don't think so. This is part of our <laughs> this is like the the lead in. It's the prelude to True that, true that. Um, you know, it's it's what we know, Matt. Who else do we get to talk about this kind of stuff with in our daily life? I'd never get to there's never another opportunity really for me to talk about this kind of stuff because no one else uh was a dork like us and kept up with all this stuff and still keeps up with it at least uh somewhat animal and I'm literally looking at a Camden County Parkview in Brookwood helmet right in front of me right now. So you know, it's still a fun part of my life. Um Let's get into some college football news and notes before we get into the main event, which is college football playoff expansion coming, or is it not, per Mr. Hancock? But uh, by all accounts, when he says it out loud, even if he's denying it, if it comes into the public sphere, that thing is happening. Um, first thing I wanted to throw at you, Matt, Brett Bielma, friend of the program, Brett Bielma, angling to get Illinois versus Nebraska, which is a week zero game because of where it was supposed to originally be played will not be played overseas um it's in a weird spot it will be its only game that week um he wants it in prime time and he's trying to get uh, college game day to partake in what should be a great atmosphere because i think he's got a point and let's just start off big because guess what hot seat right away scott frost losing to bielma in his opener like, th- th- this is great because there's another news and note item that we're going to get to. But, uh, yeah, what do you make about uh, Biela making the push? And do you want to see Illinois, Nebraska kick off college game day this fall? Um, I guess if it's week zero, what are even the other – what is the best other games no, that there's nothing I'm else. Not even... the whole thing. Like, there's nothing else. There's just nothing planned. Because I mean, you, you might as well. You know, it's put a – so this is going to be at Illinois is what you're saying? I believe so, yes. I mean, that's why they need a guy like Brett Bielema. I feel like he's a guy, you know, he's 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 got some some swagger, you know. He's uh he makes headlines, things like this, you know. I feel like he talks his team up, sells his program. Um, I'm I'm all for it. If, if, if there's no other games, might as well might as well get it out, get out there for week zero. I um although I'm not sure what to expect of Illinois or Nebraska this year, to be honest. Yeah, I I mean, Bielma doesn't matter. Like, he's walking in a situation. He's going to get some time. He's got ninth-year quarterback Brandon Peters under center. Um, their backup might be transitioning, I think, to wide receiver, if I read that correctly the other day. I'm fightinglina.com. Um, 
they're recruiting. I think they just got a three-star running back, so they'll it'll take some time. They got some talent in the backfield, but I'm not a big Brandon Peters guy, and I think it'll just it'll take some time getting that uh, system transition. But you know, we'll see. And Scott Frost is in do or die, and Beal is just gonna have fun. So I don't know. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, our old friend, not to bring it back to high school football in the state of Georgia, Matt, but this <laughs> became a national story this year because um, it involved Kirby and Saban and all that, but. Rush Probst voted out as the head coach at Valdosta. Whew. What are you going to miss most about uh, Rush Probst, Valdosta football coaching legend? I mean, guys like Rush Probst don't just, like, disappear, though, right? Like, he's just going to resurface somewhere else. <laughs> Is that right? I feel like Rush Probst, he's just – this guy's got football and is pumping through his veins, you know? I mean, he's just – I'm sure we're going to hear – a year from now, two years from now, that he's he's somewhere else. He's gone to some private school somewhere that's just trying to win football games. You know, like he'll he's not. I mean, how old is he right now? What is he like? He's like he's got to be up 65, 70 years old. Uh, I don't think he's that old. No, I don't think he's that old. Actually, he. Uh, let's see. Uh, he's 63. 63. 63. Okay. okay. But it's like County, Hoover valdosta like dude wins football games like that's that's why someone's gonna hire him again like i know high school is like it's a little different you can't just be like win at all costs but it's like you kind of can be like there's some people out there that are just he's he's gonna he's gonna win up games that they're gonna be interested in and winning some games you know i think that's i, I don't think he's done what do you what do you, you think he's done yes i think he's gonna get blackballed like the what like those two recruiting powers and just everything there. I just, I think this is to the point now where no school board's going to touch him. I don't think. No, that's fair. And honestly, if, if Kirby smart, and Nick Saban have like a negative opinion of him right now, it's like, that's, it's not a great thing for your football program, but I feel like there's somewhere, 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 someone somewhere is going to give him a shot. I think, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, it couldn't hurt at Meadow Creek, right? Like, just who cares? Like the, the schools were just like, oh, throw it out there, Burkmar. <laughs> Burkmar be amazing. <laughs> I would love rush ropes at Burkmar. Um, the Carrier Dome now has air conditioning. Did you see this? Yeah, I mean, were you aware that the Carrier Dome did not have air I conditioning was not aware, before but this? this? I was like, what year is it right now? Like, how have they not have air conditioning until 2021? Shout out to them. I like it. I like it. I guess because Syracuse, the the state is just uh, cold all the time. Not necessary. Um, I have a buddy who's a huge Syracuse fan. So, you know, with all due respect. but you have a huge buddy that's a huge. So let me preface this. Is he a huge Syracuse basketball fan or football fan and or both? Um, I mean, he grew up a bas- Syracuse basketball fan. Yes. You know, it's like went to UGA. So he's a UGA football fan, but he holds on to the Syracuse thing, you know. Did that and, not bother you growing up? The We grew up in Atlanta and, like, the suburbs of Atlanta. All the people who are, like, UNC or Duke basketball fans but were, like, Georgia football Yeah, fans. but he funny. his family and stuff was from, like, upstate New York. So it's, like, it made sense. You know, a lot of transplants down here. But um, so I was just going to say, with all due respect to Syracuse, the Carrier Dome, I feel like, is, like, the most overrated stadium, like, in all of college sports. Like, they hype up the attendance at the basketball games and stuff all the time. It's, like... 
well, yeah, you're in a football stadium. <laughs> like, you should have the most people at the game. Like, those, some of those seats from up top are fucking awful. <laughs> like, basketball from that far away is terrible. Like, you cannot be, like, that far away from a basketball court and be able to see anything happening. Like, the grind your gear segment. I'm opening the floor to you. Go on. <laughs> Continue, man. No, that's all. That's all I gotta say. The carrier dough is just like it's it's fine, but it's I feel like it always just got too much hype in basketball, and then it's like football. They, I guess they just haven't been relevant in in fifteen twenty years. So since Donovan McNabb left, basically. So, wow. I'm not trying to pile on Syracuse right now. Wow. Um, the Nebraska AD bringing it back to Scott Frost and I mean this is just a diehard Nebraska podcast Matt Green you and the listeners know we, we love talking Nebraska Nebraska football and Adrian Martinez um, their AD said quote eight to nine wins is realistic for the team in 2019 or in 2021 um, this is it for Scott Frost Matt Green this is one of those where you see it and it's like remember the Lloyd Pierce uh, thing before the season where he guaranteed the playoffs and then the Hawks struggled and it was like oh no we might not make the playoffs well guess what he's got um, I think that's part of what we're seeing here now where it's like he's not saying you're fired if we don't reach eight to nine wins but if we don't win eight to nine games you're fired without say- saying it right well I mean he can't be on that hot of a seat I mean this is year four right but with COVID Last year is, I feel like, just kind of a wash. But, I mean, he's got to be under pressure at some point, without a doubt. But this this is, seems like a strange year for the AD to come out and say something like this because there's years where you see Big Ten team schedules that, like, some some years Wisconsin or Iowa, they, like, they essentially avoid, like, all of the good Big Ten teams in their regular season schedule. Like, no Penn State, no, no Michigan, no Ohio State some years. It's like this Nebraska schedule, not only are they playing Oklahoma at a conference this year, but you have Northwestern, you have Michigan, you have Ohio State, you have Wisconsin at Wisconsin, and you have Iowa. Like they're not they're not bypassing any of the the tougher Big Ten games. It seems like every all the best team big teams in the Big Ten next year are on Nebraska's schedule, minus maybe Penn State, but you just substitute that with Oklahoma, who might be the number one team in the country. Like this is if this team wins nine games, I think it's a huge step forward. Like, maybe that's what the AD wanted to say. He better win eight or nine games this year. I don't know, but I feel like they could honestly win seven or eight games this year and it and it actually be an improvement because it's, it's one of the tougher schedules in the Big Ten. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone's experienced the pain of dropped calls and internet outages, especially working remotely this last year. So here's the question. If you're the telco company, how do you help create better experiences for customers? Simple. ServiceNow Digital Workflows can help solve network problems faster and provide real-time status updates so customers aren't left in the dark. That's probably why ServiceNow Workflows have helped telco companies see an increase in customer satisfaction. But proactive customer communication is only half the battle. 
With a single view of your back, middle, and front office operations, ServiceNow workflows also eliminate silos, keeping teams more in sync and more productive. With our scalable services, companies assure a better experience for both customers and employees on a single platform, the Now platform. So how do you help provide a better network experience for customers? With ServiceNow for telecommunications to help streamline network operations. Whatever your business is facing, let's workflow it. ServiceNow. It's tough. I mean, opening at Illinois is gonna be sneaky tough like i i buffalo, didn't even include even that buffalo, one yeah. dude the amount of pressure like lance leopold's buffalo squad is good like buffalo was legitimately a good football team last year uh he didn't leave like buffalo is going to be feisty then you go to like you said oklahoma that's a good point you go to oklahoma you go to michigan state who will be better than they were a year ago with a full offseason on mel tucker northwestern good michigan should be better than a year ago at Minnesota, who's getting Tanner Morgan back. That's I true. I didn't even count Minnesota either, and I kind of wrote them off. It's like P.J. Fleck. That's not an easy one either. Ohio State, just pencil that in a loss. That's a loss. At Wisconsin, I'm okay with just circling that as a loss. Like, you already have two guaranteed. If you want nine wins, you get one oh, more. Oh, you didn't – Oklahoma, they, I mean, that's I a mean, guaranteed Oklahoma, loss. Yeah, that's three. Like, so that's, that's nine and three is the, the best case scenario, I feel like, it, in, in my opinion. That's a unicorn scenario. Nine and three is just like – Everything came to like nine and three is like Tom Osborne has risen and Nebraska yeah. is back. Yeah, nine and three they they might be ranked fourteenth in the country yes. or something. You know, like that's that's a respectable three losses. Like they could those could be to to two of the top five teams in the country right there. Yeah, that that seems like a pipe dream though. Let, let's uh, let's pump our yeah. brains on that one. Losing Wandale Robinson to Kentucky is not uh, not going to help things. Um, I'd say yeah they. He, if they miss a bowl game, then you know I think I could see he's gone. I think best like if he re- I think seven and five he keeps his job barely if he gets one respectable win, but like six and six or worse he's out. I think. Oh man, that's rough. Four years, three and like a half years. That fan base is demanding, man. Nebraska wants to be back. Also, how's Colorado still not on the schedule? Why are you closing with Iowa? Close with Colorado. What are we doing? What What are we doing here? Yeah, they can only bring one of the uh, Big 12 North teams back at a time, I guess. Yeah, not Oklahoma. What are you thinking with that scheduling? What are you doing? What are you doing? Not Oklahoma. Not Oklahoma. And also, Colorado, not a Big 12 school, sir. They're a Pac-12. No, but it's the old Big 12 North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm oh, shoot. I guess Oklahoma's Big 12 South. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm way off. Dear God, it's not like you ho- co-host a college football podcast every Thursday night on this very podcast, Matt Green. Um, hey, I remember. I remember the the days of, of Bobby Purify. All right. Well, to be going fair, off, there is a conference. Like I know the Big Ten stand. I know Big Ten, Pac twelve, SEC, Big Twelve, whatever. If they ever do that, but I could not. Like there will never be a season, Matt. I've accepted that. I will know who's in which side of the coastal and Atlantic in the ACC. I will never know off the top of my head who's in what. I I agree with that. They just need to. They just need to trash the whole thing. Yeah, just I, one, just know. one division. Because um, I, I know, I know Clemson and North Carolina are in opposite divisions. I know that because they've played each other. So anyone that Clemson has played, I know. So I guess Pittsburgh is definitely in the other one other than Clemson. I don't even know which one Clemson's in. They're in the Atlantic. You're asking the right person because I thought they were in the same one as Georgia Tech, but then I think I found out they weren't. I don't even know. We we can look it up at another time. It's not important. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, would you flip Georgia? Like, would you? Who would you put Georgia Tech in the SEC 
before kicking out. Like, if you could flip and put Tech back in the SEC. Well, the only one you'd put him in for would be Vanderbilt. No, you got to keep Vandy for the the idea that you still care about academics at all in this conference. Oh, but you're replacing them with Tech, dude. That'd be perfect. That's true. They're like a legitimate Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt like, actually could. Like you put Vanderbilt and Duke in the ACC. There you go. I like that. Honestly, that that really would. It would. It would legitimize Vanderbilt. Tech. Like the SEC revenue, and they love being. The, yeah, the second Georgia Tech became an SEC school, like they like would immediately get. Four or five more four-star recruits a season. Well, they might right in the anyway. middle of Atlanta. NIL is going to affect. I don't think we're going to see it immediately, but I do think the Atlanta kids. I, I do think NIL is going to help Georgia Tech more than other college football programs than we might expect. I think they're that could be. Hey, I've I've had a hot take. This mm. is hot take from two years ago, that Georgia Tech is going to be the next team not named Clemson to win the ACC. That's my hot take you said for this you. This podcast, I feel like, I said it. I've said it for like two years, mm-hmm. and the caveat is that Clemson's probably winning this thing for like the next like eight years in a row at least. But if they just stick it out, I think uh, I think Jeff Collins, he could be the guy for Tech. I would bet on repping the ATL. I would say Florida State. I think Norvell's building something there. I uh, I, I don't know. I, I most would probably say yeah. Miami, North Carolina, one of those. I would bet on North Carolina. I don't know. There's just something about Mac Brown not winning. I think they're a great program. What Mac's doing is pretty remarkable. Um, but uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, how are you dealing with Caleb Trimbley flipping to the University of Tennessee, Matt Green? Um, where did he flip from? Georgia. Caleb Trimbley. I was not aware of this. What class is he? Irrelevant. Is he, what is he, 2023? Uh, let's see. Uh, what is he? A, uh, that, that name sounds familiar. Mm, yeah, so he was on the, like, he's a transfer from USC. Like, he's a USC okay. lineman. But Georgia was the favorite to get him. Is that right? I have not heard anything about Georgia getting a a senior. There's no way Georgia's straight loaded on the defensive line. No, you got you got uh, you got Walker, but that's about it. And then check that. Oh, Jordan Davis, Devontae uh, Wyatt. Georgia's defensive under control. Before we start uh, talking up Jordan Davis for the 19th year in a row, let's. You you should put some respect on Jordan (laughs) Davis's name, man. That dude, he might weigh a lot. That man. Did you watch the spring game? He doesn't look like he's in playing shape yet. Things like the spring game aren't. That's not where you're you're challenging your defensive no, tackles. You, like, that, you saw that man. Tennessee went the hardest they did all year. Harrison Bailey throwing bombs, throwing buckets, bucket bombs. I would I would venture to say Jordan Davis is the best defensive lineman in college football. No, he's not the best defensive lineman on your team. How how do you figure Trayvon Walker? Trayvon Walker is the best. Trayvon Walker has got showed the signs, but he hasn't actually put it together. Like this should be, I Trayvon Walker should be dominant for sure, but I feel like he hasn't done it yet. Like Jordan Davis has been dominant. I don't know. You gotta uh, since me, he was a freshman too. Give me Walker every time. Oh, you're crazy. Um, speaking of your crazy, Matt Kirby Smart on Feinbaum when asked about whether or not Georgia and Florida would ever go to a home and home situation. Um, he gave a really good answer and pointed out that the Bulldog, like, there's a, like a huge alumni base in Jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I'm not even sure what do they rename it that I won't refer to it as. Oh shoot, what do they? It's like the something, something on the river, like some guy, the St. John's River, or something. I don't know. It's it's the cocktail party. Yeah, it always exactly. will be. 
Um, not opposed all the way because like it is an opportunity to get more people on campus during the season and see the game up close and all that kind of stuff. But um, as someone who is adamantly opposed to all these neutral site games, like Tennessee and West Virginia just signed on for a 2028 game at Bank of America Stadium where it'll be 60% full and just no energy at all and just a non just a not interesting game whatsoever there it's just ridiculous and it's all money and it's all greed and it's all silly and it's just taking away a home game for one of these two schools and it's just silly like you and it's in charlotte it. right huh is that one in charlotte west yes. virginia tennessee yeah it's just a, yeah like, it's just i don't get it home and home i mean i get it it's money like it's just more money like the schools just are two great home. two great college atmospheres yes. in knoxville and morgantown just do it there like i don't understand i i mean i understand but i just don't like it and it's a bad trajectory for college football but um kirby not bouncing around but what would you like what if they split it up because like what i posited and what i think would be super cool is like i just want more rivalries in college football i want them to be uh home and home i want to keep as much as we can because that is what i love and that is what i tune in for every saturday is those kind of things you can really sink your teeth into and i wonder how i would feel about georgia florida being at a neutral site if i didn't grow up watching it at a neutral site um but i think it's fine because both fan bases travel like you have like frat beach or whatever like beforehand it's like a whole event like that it is a thing where there is a strong atmosphere at that game like there is a strong strong turnout from both sides and everything and that's the only way i'm okay with these neutral site games is when it's actually like a real atmosphere and it's rocking and it's a lot of booze a lot of heavy appearances by both sides and it's just something fun for the alumni and people who are in school and everything to travel and all that kind of stuff so i'm okay with it um but would you be okay with like splitting it up the reason i brought that up is just that like what if you did it every four years or every three where you do home and home, then back to the Jacksonville game, then a home and home and back to Jacksonville. Cause that's what I want for Tennessee and Virginia tech is I want Bristol. Like if you talk to anyone who went to that game, they all loved it. Like even if the seats weren't great because it was at a NASCAR event, it was kind of awkward with seating, like super far from yeah, the field, but they loved the entry. Like they loved hanging out. They loved going to the game. They loved the atmosphere. Like Tennessee packed that place and it's not that far and it's a cool venue just do that like do bristol every three years and then a home and home every year, and then you have like a long-term rivalry of virginia tech and tennessee why not do yeah that? especially because i had no idea how close they were yes. like until that game they talked about like what they're like 100 miles away from each yeah, other or something like that like but yeah that was they should definitely uh, reignite that rivalry more but in terms of georgia florida which is being called the river city showdown mm. now by the way um yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I've, I know a lot of, I've heard a lot of Georgia people talk about like it's a recruiting disadvantage because there's a lot of these, like how the Notre Dame game, like the atmosphere of just like being this nationally televised game, like in Athens, it like did so much for Georgia and like the whole atmosphere and everything. Like they talk about Alabama LSU, it's like the the biggest recruiting event of the of the season every year, and like those schools get to hold that game on their campus. So I've heard that argument, but but yeah, even though I'm a I'm against these like just random neutral site vent uh neutral site games like we've talked about, but like this is a tradition. Like Oklahoma and Texas. It's like I guess it's kind of tough because 
no one else can really start a new tradition. I think A&M and Arkansas played in, in Jerry World a couple times, right? But it's like that could be cool potentially. But Georgia, Florida in Jacksonville, it, it's it's a whole atmosphere. Like it's it's tough because people talk about like it's not a neutral site because it's in Florida. Like Georgia has to fly to the game and Florida just takes a bus or something. But it's like that's all true. But the like I saw because some people have talked about like rotating it, like you said, like play home and home and then do it in Jacksonville and then do it in Atlanta. But it's like Atlanta means nothing to the Georgia Florida rivalry. Like Jacksonville is the city that has the tradition. So I would be like you're saying, like home and home, Jacksonville, home and home, Jacksonville. Like I'd be cool with a rotation like that. But uh, I'd honestly be cool just keeping Georgia Florida in Jacksonville because it's just, it's it's one of the coolest traditions in, in college football. And also like, we haven't seen a lot of history of Georgia and Florida, both being good at the same time. Like as good as this rivalry has been, I feel like it's been a more low key rivalry because like Florida just dominated all throughout Spurrier's in uh, Spurrier's tenure in the nineties. And then Mark Rick's like the first 10 years or so it's like, they're better than Florida most of those years, but then they just keep losing. So like Florida just dominated for like a 20 year stretch there. But now you're seeing both teams. And then Georgia was good in that early two 2010s when, when Florida had must champ and they were kind of going downhill. So you've seen very few years other than that one year in 2012. And then these past two years with Dan Mullen and Kirby smart, like this rivalry, I feel like you're finally seeing how special it is in the neutral site with both of these teams actually playing in top 10 games and in the, the East actually going through Jacksonville. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm okay with whatever. And almost, I don't have a, I don't have a hand in this. So I'm good with whatever Georgia and Florida fans are here. I think one of the big beefs is too, is that a lot of people just aren't impressed with the, the city of Jacksonville. Like it's just kind of like, the landing was like the spot that was like on the river that like everyone would go there the night before the game. And there's like mad people watching it, the game there. And it's like, I went there a few years ago and it's like, it's like a shitty rundown mall. Like that's like all it is. It's got like force. It's like, if it's got like 20 places to be potential stores, there's like eight actual stores in them. It's like, there's like a whole bar area, but someone got shot there. I think a couple years ago, it's like at like a video game tournament. It's like, it's just, uh, it's not the, it's not the, the spot it once was. I'm, I think is what a lot of people's view is. And, and also just like the amount of city, amount of money that could be coming into those college towns. If you're, if you're having that huge game actually in the home stadium. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I so yeah, I, not to I've ride the been, fence. I need to go. That's like something I'm surprised growing up I never did was go to a Georgia Florida game. Oh, got to man. It was uh we we uh I went the honestly I went to the nail in the coffin of Mark Rick's uh, tenure the uh, the Faton Bauta game. <laughs> Just the most inexplicable thing. I feel like the Faton Bauta game was Mark Rick's like middle finger to the UGA fan base. <laughs> it was like noted middle I, finger. I don't know what the hell is going to work. You guys want to bench the quarterback? Fuck it. I'll just throw this guy in there for one game. He like never played a snap before that game. Like never played a snap after that game. It was just, just 
give it, let him ride this whole game through like three picks. Just, oh man, he was like the sacrificial lamb that day. Remember when Georgia fans, I remember message boards were like, no, this dude's got some Tim Tebow, T- eh, Tim Tebow in him. Like Tim Tebow uh, comparisons in college football during that time on message boards was like, can this guy, is it because oh, this guy man. big? Can he not throw? They did. Oh, the whole, the whole sh- the whole shtick on him was that he wore he didn't wear a non-contact jersey in practice he like <laughs> wanted people to hit him and stuff it was like he's like a quarterback and he played linebacker like at his high school it's like cool man i'd prefer to have a good quarterback well uh, <laughs> you know what can you do what can you do um his name was Falton bauda so you get what you get um <laughs> let's get into our main event which is the big story coming out this week is college football playoff expansion is coming matt green um what is the right number we've talked about this in and out on this podcast but as it stands right now 16 8 6 what is the right number for you definitely more than six six i would not be satisfied with six i think with all five power five and then one group of five and no, that would be terrible. That would be the worst solution possible to do hmm. five conference championships in the group of five. Like to automatically include include a group of five, I think you have to go to twelve. I think even oh, wow. if you go to eight, like because there's, I mean, think about it. Like they would give a benefit of the doubt to a group of five team. Like if UCF, if there's eighteen playoff, like UCF is a hundred percent in that a few years ago. Like Cincinnati is a hundred percent in the. 18 playoff if they do it last year like i know i think in the last polls i think georgia was at eight and cincinnati was at nine but honestly if it came down to it like they would put the undefeated team in over like a two loss sec third fourth best team in the sec you know i feel like they would i don't as much as it's like an exclusive club right now it's because it's at four i feel like people want to give the the underdog a shot but it's like the stakes are too high in final four to give him a shot it's like i would honestly i would kind of i'm kind of like in the 12 team model because then you keep that top four like there's something special about okay you got that first round by and you're like one of those top four teams because then if you go to 12 you 100 percent include a group of five whoever the highest ranked group of five team is or Shoot, maybe you can even do a group of five championship, like the two highest ranked group of five teams. But I don't know. That's a that's a that's a crazy idea. But I think twelve teams would just it would be like the greatest thing in all of sports. Honestly, I don't know what you do about the whole bowl games. Like maybe if you went to if you went to sixteen, I would like like the college how FCS does it, and the the first round is hosted by the home team. Like I I think that's awesome that you get that playoff game that whole atmosphere but even if you don't want to do that you want to give those bowl games you want that to be the you know the the liberty bowl or you want it to be whatever that maybe the liberty bowl is not big time enough to get one of these but just one of these uh mid-tier bowls like the the outback bowl or something actually they might be one of the sites for like a 12 team or 18 playoff something like that if they're desperate to keep the bowl games relevant which they seem to be in college football but but yeah, I, at at bare minimum, I feel like you got to go to eight, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, do you think that's what they're going to do, or is that just what you want to do, based on what you've read and what you think they're going to do? Because is that enough of a flip to just do eight, to go from four to eight? Or if you're going to flip this and you're really going to add more, you might as well just do the 
the full on let's go 12 or 16 because like we got to stop just moving the goalposts back a little bit more because it feels like if they just do eight that means the conversation's immediately going to be well when are they going to 12 or 16 you think so yeah i don't think fans will be happy with eight see i think eight uh eight is good but i maybe you're right maybe i i like the idea of the the even the even bracket like the the march madness like i was so mad when they got past the the 64 teams uh, i'm already sweating just the feeling of seeing an eight and nine team in the nfl this fall i'm already sweating it i'm sweating the 17 game schedule it's already driving me berserk like i can't handle it can't handle the odd number wait wait so how many teams are making the nfl playoffs no no no. i'm saying the season 17 games oh yeah it's terrible it makes no sense at all oh the team with an eight nine record yeah, yeah and you just see that it's just gonna drive me nuts seven and ten it's not right it's not <laughs> but then i'm no it's not and it's gonna mess up all of like the single season records and stuff like how many more guys get to that two thousand yard rushing or something it's like i don't know it like skews everything that's probably how people felt uh when babe ruth's record was broken too. well also college Wall did that too and we it quietly went from 11 to 12 that's true they they play a lot more games now yeah i don't know but well, um, it's one of those things we'll get used to that we we complain about now and then they'll just be second nature but uh i'm also i think here for it i think if they go to eight they'll include a group of five because it, it feels like the inclusive thing to do i just i don't necessarily think it's right because i don't think there's a group of five team that's worthy of being eight every year but um but you're gonna have antitrust lawsuits if you don't yeah exactly it'd be something like that and so maybe to combat that i don't know if they went to 16 that'd just be too crazy and i think 16 i think you start to lose something with the regular season because well, that is say. what if you go to 16 or 12 you get rid of the conference championship games uh that, yeah if you go to 16 you probably do have to get rid of the conference championship game but then the conference championship game that's like that's who we decide who wins the conference you know it's like we can't we can't just have no no conference champ maybe just lose one of your out of conference games or something like that like just play a one less game in the regular season i don't know but i um i could i could see that like if they go to 16 i feel like you're gonna have you know every every big time brand it's just gonna be you know, putting putting in a three loss, maybe even a four loss team, depending on how like good their schedule was. I feel like sixteen would just kind of be out of hand. And with how like I think college football fans are kind of obsessed too much with the regular season schedule. Like, oh, it's it's gonna destroy the regular season if you expand it. And it's like, well, and what other sport do you have to be perfect? Like, and even there's some years like shoot auburn going undefeated back in 2004 like they did go perfect and they just don't get a chance to win the championship it's just like that's an awful system if you go undefeated it it there shouldn't be a possible system for you to go undefeated and not win the championship of whatever your sport is you know what i mean that's just that seems like common sense well what do you what do you think of the conversation of whether or not it's more fun to do the what if game versus now we know because everything happened on the field do you think it helps or hurts the discourse i think it just helps like legitimize college football like you know maybe maybe that gets ratings up people arguing about who the best teams are and things like that but it's like i feel like you would be encouraged like i think a lot of these teams you're seeing like they're kind of 
that's one thing I know if Kirby Smart has talked about. They're kind of anticipating playoff expansion, so they want to beef up their resume. And that's how we should be approaching college football. Like I remember I remember years ago, like it was a college game day. Uh, like their preseason prediction show. And Lee Corso is like predicted Cal to win the national championship. I guess it's got to be like 04, 05 or something. He predicted Cal to win the national championship. And he just talked about their schedule and how like easy it was. And, and it's just like, you're basing your national champion on who's got the easiest schedule, not who the best team is. Like that's a, just a shit system right there. Like you should be look at college basketball. These teams want to be battle tested by the time they get to the tournament. Gonzaga wants to go out and play North Carolina at a conference. They want to go play Duke, play these big time teams. And it's like, that's if that's what we see in more of in college football, because you know, they're letting in two, three lost teams into this playoff and so the the result of that is we get to see Ohio State LSU and we get to see Texas and USC play in the regular season. Like that that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I go back and forth. My whole thing now is like <laughs> you ever just feel like the tide is shifting so you might as well get on and just stop uh stop <laughs> screaming at the cloud. The old man yells at cloud situation where like it's coming change is coming I, f- I feel like you were a playoff hater and i still like deep down to my core what i enjoy more is nebraska colorado in november at my core i enjoy georgia auburn i enjoy tennessee kentucky i enjoy those things more than the actual finality of it all and finding out who at the end of the day is the best because the blue chip ratio is undefeated and this is something that I think about a lot too, where every season about eight schools have a realistic opportunity of winning a national title. The rest, which is over a hundred, mind you, Matt Green, have no chance of running the gauntlet. And the more you expand this playoff, the less likely it is. So when you, I think that there's this idea See, that it will promote parity by increasing, but I actually think Alabama has proven, if anything, that it will actually decrease because you have to have so many guys to get through that kind of gauntlet that Bama just got through of an all-SEC schedule and then run through the playoff that included Clemson, uh, Notre Dame, and uh, Ohio State, which is just like most schools just can't do that. So even if you have a really good season, like Minnesota has this weird outlier season where they win the big 10 guess what if it's an increased playoff you're gonna have to get through bama you're gonna have to get through clemson you might have to get through another big 10 team you just beat um the odds are you won't do it and of course but if you're one of those good teams people gotta get through you too that's uh, i have a broader point here which is that it will actually decrease parity and you'll have even less like you'll have more games against like you'll have more bama against interesting team here but you'll still end up with the same kind of result. It'll kind of be like college basketball, right? Like this season, it ended with exactly who we thought it was. (laughs) Like the two best teams, Baylor and Gonzaga, were the two best teams all year in college basketball. We still enjoyed March Madness. We still enjoyed the tournament. We still enjoyed Jalen Suggs' incredible run. We still enjoyed UCLA running the gauntlet, but they didn't because they didn't have the talent. Like they just didn't. And I think you'll see that in college football where the the teams that have the most four and five stars over a four-year stretch will be the only ones who have a chance. So, in the end, it does... Yeah. That's where I disagree with you because I feel like that's what we currently have. No, I think that won't go anywhere. There's the same... I feel like currently there's... it's the the, I feel like the college football playoff is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like these are the four best teams, so they're playing in the playoff. The best recruits want to go to the 
schools that play in the big time games. Yeah. It's like, oh, and these teams continue to go to the playoff. Now that you have eight, maybe eight schools that are playing in the playoff, like that right there, it's like, I feel like that's what you see in a lot of, especially in college basketball. It's like a guy could be, you know, the the fourth or fifth play, best player at, at Florida or something, but he can go be the guy at VCU or something like that. And that's a team that's definitely getting to the tournament. And I can get that exposure of, of being a team that's on that NCAA tournament stage. It's like, I feel like that's why college basketball, the parody is what it is because so many different people can be on that big stage. And like all you need is an opportunity to show what you can do. And you can, and some of these teams like, like the Oral Roberts of the world, like obviously there's more college basketball is just a more even sport. You know, basketball in general is just a more even sport. The underdog wins a higher percentage of the time than they do in football. Like it's just the three point line and just the, how small the rosters are. There's just, there's more parity in that sport. But I think if you're giving eight teams and 12 teams, in the playoff every year, that means you have a solid 14, 15, 18, 20 teams that are competing for the college football playoff. That actually, if if a, a, a game bounces their way, they can get into that top 12. So I feel like it's it, it almost is working how the MLB wild card, expanding the wild card, like there's more teams in that hunt. So there's less teams that are sellers at the all-star break. You know, I feel like this is just going to allow... Maybe the guys that don't play at Alabama, don't play at Ohio State, they they'll transfer to, you know, a Virginia Tech because that's someone who who has a has a shot to get in the playoff or something one year. You know, I think I think there's there's a lot more. I think it has to uh, it has to improve parity for college football if you expand the playoff. I just think that I don't think there's any way that it, it that it wouldn't. I think it will expand excitement. I don't think it will expand parity. I, I really don't. I think it will still be Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, Bama, and Clemson. The, the tail end. I do. One of those. I mean, the, the cream. Then, but the cream is definitely going to rise to the top. Yes. You know, because it's like the best teams are the best teams. But I think a lot of like I've seen people you know arguing about it on Twitter and everything, and and people have brought up North Dakota State. Well, it's like, well, they have a playoff, and one team just dominates. Is that what you want? It's. I don't think you can compare North, like just the resources North Dakota State has compared to the other FCS schools they're competing against. Just the the amount of just the, the whole their level that they're on compared to everybody. But like did you obviously, full money by Ohio State for their assistance. No, what, what do you say? What are you saying? Million. Wow, just that's for in, assistance. just the assistance. That's insane. Yeah. So I feel like college D one has like even though Alabama has been so dominant, like it's just because this Alabama era we're living through is like the most dominant dynasty we've ever seen. Like college football is not going to be like this forever. You know, there's not going to be a Nick Saban just a dominant dynasty like this forever. So you're going to see more and more parity in college football. And even with Alabama, how dominant they've been, like there's still teams that challenge them year in and year out, yes. like. This year it was a just a dominant team from from the word go basically but they've had some of these college football playoff games they've had have been just epic games some of the SEC championship games have been super close games so it's not like Alabama is just necessarily murdering everyone they play every year they they're, they're murdering most of their competition but in terms of the 
the the best teams are still competing with them. LSU has beaten them here and there. Auburn has beaten them here and there. You know, Georgia still hasn't, but there Clemson has beaten them a couple times. There, North Dakota State doesn't really ever lose to anybody. No, no. But you know, this is why we have these conversations is to talk it through, and we won't know until it happens. But um, so, what's your what is your vote for? What do you want? What do you think is going to happen? I think four stinks. I don't think four is the right number, and I think if we've learned anything from these last couple of years, it's that it's 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 worse than the BCS what we have right now. This is a worse system than the BCS. Now, if you're going to do twelve, sixteen. Even if it's eight and you give five power five locks, two wild cards and one group of five lock, um, that's okay. Um, I don't know. You know what I, I'm also curious about is if you, you might be saying what I was about to say. Go ahead. Is if you expand more and you add more playoff games, if agents get involved and oh. you're a star, you're Trevor Lawrence, and you have to play Bama and Ohio State, and maybe Oklahoma or LSU or somebody during this gauntlet, this playoff gauntlet, are we going to see some superstar top 10 guys say, no, I'm not going through the, the playoff gauntlet? Um, of no, man. When you when the game means something, dudes want to play. It they only call, sit out though. these games. I mean, some guys might. I mean, like, you never know, but... I feel like when the games matter, most of these guys want to play. But we all know all these bowl games. I think they're all nervous about playing. And when it's not our money, it's easy for us to just say, yeah, go do it. Um, of course. But you're part of a – this is like a brotherhood. You're part of a team. Like, you guys have put in all the work. Like, the season is on the line. Like, you're still playing for something. I, I think that is uh, – is, I mean, there's com- camaraderie among <laughs> teammates, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. These are unpaid coworkers hanging out doing a job (laughs) whatever you want to call it they're exactly we like it as fans because it makes us feel better that they're all a family and like josh heupel's promoting that right now and heupel seems like a really like you gotta 404 the culture huh 404 the culture yeah i mean i like all that like it's fun good for branding it's nice and it's just pleasant like you enjoy seeing that kind of content like it makes you feel good you're like oh and if you're a parent you want to send your kid to a program that promotes a culture that's like a family and makes you feel welcomed and that it seems like but you saw out. you but saw Jalen Waddle Tucker is still gonna walk out that door if Michigan State keeps backing up that brink truck like it doesn't matter like there's still a point where it's just like no we're not a family because I'll walk out on you for the right amount of money or I will walk of around on you for the right amount of opportunity somewhere else like it's 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 not it's not really what it is at the end of the day well without a doubt but I'm just saying in general like if the games matter, the the players are going to keep playing in them. You it's it's, it's I don't I don't know. I'm not saying I have an. I mean, can here. you think of an example of a guy sitting out when the games mattered, other than like a guy who just like sat out an entire season? Like, like I think like uh, I get fucking I get Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa confused, honestly. But one of them hurt themselves like first game of the season, right? And then they just like sat out the rest of their junior the year. Just Bosa who did that. That's Nick Nick. Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that was a case of like, he's, he could, he was like going to be out for like 10 weeks and he's like, whatever, I'm just going to train for the draft. It's like people talked about Jadavion Clowney doing it, but he never actually did it. It's like, it's Christian McCaffrey. It's not until you're playing in the citrus bowl or just some, 
holiday bowl, some random bowl that doesn't matter, and it's just one last game of your career, it's like, I well, I'm going to go saying. get paid. I just like, don't that's, know. Like, what I'm saying like is you, I think it's going to be a conversation that people are not expecting other superstars to have. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I would not be surprised if it happened, and I'm just curious to see what does happen. We wouldn't know until it's expanded, but I just would not be surprised if that becomes... Like, you saw Jalen Waddle last year, like... That man wasn't even healthy enough to be playing in the national championship. And he was, like, I out there catching passes. Like, it would bum you out. And it would bum a lot of people out. It would bum fans out. And it would be a lot of pressure on those kids not to do that. But um, I don't know. I, I think if you are expanding it to, like, 12 and it's a three-game three gauntlet against some really, really stout defenses and things like that and just opening yourself up to more Jalen Smith-esque opportunities, um, I don't know. Like I, I would not be surprised. That's but that Jalen Smith injury, that game also meant nothing. So it feels worse. It's like, oh, this is cool. But it's not about what, what it is. It? It's, it's like Notre Dame, Ohio State. I think. Time. Like it's just extra. Like it's it's extra. And you also have to think about whether or not these kids want to win a national title. Like I don't. I think the majority of college superstar athletes are not there to win national titles. I don't. Um, I think you'd be surprised, man. I think that's. I talked to a lot of high school coaches, man. Like I, I'm very familiar with a lot of these guys, and I, I think it's more about your brand. I think it's more about building your your videotapes for YouTube, your Twitter clips. I think it's more about just getting drafted where you want to get drafted, building your brand, being locked down at your thing. Like it, I'm going to be a lockdown corner. I'm going to be Jalen Ramsey esque. I'm going to be uh chase young-esque do i care if ohio state wins the national title no i'm here because ohio state puts dudes in the pros like people go to alabama not because they win no that's titles. fair they go to alabama because you get drafted in the first round but it's not they're not there because they love tuscaloosa and they love the program they love the area and they love the community they are there to get a good job that is why they are there no and that's fair and speaking of that like not only, not as if Alabama or Nick Saban needed anything else, mm-hmm. but now I feel like there. it blows my mind. Like, as a Georgia fan, I feel like Georgia dudes are, like, leaving after their junior year. So many guys leave after their junior year that have no business going pro when they're going pro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, off the top of my head, just, like, Trenton Thompson, like, Isaac Nada, elijah holyfield like multiple guys that have been like six seventh round picks like leaving early i don't know what nick saban does but the way he convinces guys to come back for their senior year and this year right here Najee harris and Devonte smith come back for their senior year like this just earned nick saban as if he needed any more credibility like the most credibility ever like when talking to any of these guys about whether they should come back or not it's like look I convinced Devontae Smith and Najee Harris to come back. They both would have been second-round picks at worst coming out after a junior year. Dude, One dude wins a Heisman. The other dude's best running back in college football. Both first-round picks. Like The proof is, on the, well, the proof is in the pudding, as they football. say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, dude, he was easily no, the best running back Williams in college. Sure it's not even close. Javante Williams was super tight. But I would... I would you Give me many, Najee uh, Harris. Did, did you see the stat? How many uh, runs longer than 35 yards he had at his entire time at Alabama? No, I did not. Six. Okay. Not a not a distance guy. Not a breakaway guy. If I had to put some bust potential on an Alabama running back, not that they ever bust in the NFL, but uh, yeah, not a not a big Najee Harris long term guy. You're not a big Najee Harris guy. You, do you like him more? Etn more? 
Yeah, or just Javante Williams this year. I don't know. I feel like ETN. I'm not impressed with ETN. I was kind of surprised he went first round. Like he was like just he lost so much money. Um, I mean, he still ended up going first round, but because I feel like that's usually oh, that's a valid point. He went first round, so what do we know? But I um. I think that's like a Javante common Williams thing with running backs. Dude. I don't know that North for North sure. North. I mean, he and he had another guy splitting the load too. So well, I mean, they were both like that was the best rushing offense in college football this past year, and it really wasn't close. They were just putting on yeah. the clinic. Um, Sam Howell gets all the love at uh, UNC, but if you watch the games and you watch what they were doing, especially in the Notre Dame game and just uh, how Notre Dame accounted for UNC and how that game went, um, it it was the Javante Williams show for sure. Um. All right, Matt Green. Well, that is all I've got. Unless you have a, do you have a trivia question to sign off here this evening? Oh man, I do not. I do not have a trivia question. Put me on the spot. I'll uh, come back with one next week. Okay. Okay. Um, for that guy down there in Tequila, Georgia, Matt Green. For myself up here in Knoxville, Tennessee. That is all I've got, my friend. Thank you as always for making the time. New episode tomorrow because it's Friday. Sports Sporters, Land of Sports, Falls, all that great stuff. But uh, Matt, thank you, my friend, and we will be back next week. Thank you, sir. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll.